Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're going to be talking about water softeners. Let's go. In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. Each week, we pick a topic and we discuss it in depth. If you're a fan of the podcast... Thank you for being a fan, first of all. Uh, But if you haven't left a review for us, I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on the show and what we're doing here. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Jeff Holt. He and his father own and operate Holt's Water Conditioning. He's been involved in the water conditioning industry in one form or or another for uh, the last 30 years. And I wanted to invite Jeff onto the show because I heard from so many managers how knowledgeable he is and how he's always willing to help if they have a question. Jeff, thanks for being here. No problem. Glad to be here. (laughs) Good. Uh, You know, I, I tried thinking of water softeners. I tried really hard to think back to the first time that water softeners even popped up on my radar. And I had a hard time remembering like where it first happened. And, and I'm, I'm thinking that it was probably uh, when I became a homeowner. I, I didn't grow up in Utah, grew up in Louisiana. And I don't remember as a child there being a water softener in the house. Knowing my dad's propensity to make me do everything physical around the house, I'm yeah. assuming I would have had to been the one that was toting the bags of salt in. So <laughs> I'm pretty confident that we did not have a water softener in the house. But when being here in Utah, I'm always hearing about how hard Utah's water is. Why is Utah's water so hard? Oh, we've got a lot of natural just underground formations because a lot of our water comes from underground wells. Um, we do have sections of the state that come from surface water, lakes, reservoirs, whatever it may be. Um, that being said, our ground is just very, very nutrient rich. Gotcha. So when the water's traveling through, um, pretty much the ground and making it into those watersheds that are deep, deep, deep down, they're passing across limescale deposits, um, anything that's in the water that's going to really pick up a lot of stuff. It goes from a solid to a liquid. We pump it out of the ground back up here in the water that we have to treat i think a lot of people think of our water especially right now when we're you know in a drought yeah uh you think of the water being so affected by the snow the amount of snow that we get yeah and so does the snow that we get that kind of surface flows into those reservoirs and things is that hard water up there or is it when it mixes with the the stuff from underground it's more of when it mixes with the stuff that's underground um, the stuff that's hitting the groundwater. When, when it comes out of the sky, there's very, very minimal amounts of mineral in there. There's all, there is stuff in the water, but it's not necessarily sure. mineral related. Gotcha. Is hard water, um, is it harmful to ingest? No. So there's a lot of people that treat water and we hear about, you know, or at least I've always heard that hard water isn't necessarily good. So what's so bad about hard water? It's going to be mainly on the, when you, kind of flip it back to um, a fixture base in the homes, all your plumbing fixtures. Um, People who have uh, any type of a skin disorder like eczema, um, dry skin issues, things like that. Those are the two main things that people really, really key in on. Um, Hard water, it's literally just minerals that are liquefied and when they hit, get into the water, it goes in and just rips apart the seals on all your plumbing fixtures and stuff like that, just wreaks havoc on them. So I, th- I think a lot of people think about, uh, or at least what they envision is that 
white buildup on the fixtures and yeah. and things like that. And I've always thought that maybe that the hard water is is that stuff what's like left over after the water evaporates or yes okay yeah so if you are to it was i can't remember exactly where this came from but if they they talk about the measurement of hard water and the different we go by grains per gallon mm -hmm. when we do it um pretty much if you got a gallon of water dried it out all the stuff that would be left on the scale however many grains in weight that would be is how many grains per gallon oh. the mineral content is in the water. Gotcha. So that seems so scientific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were to get, and it varies be based on region. Sure. So if you're in Draper areas like that over on the east side of the valley, your water hardness is actually a lot lower than it is on the west side of the valley. Um, we have a few hot spots where the water is just astronomically high as far as water hardness is concerned. And the higher the water hardness, the more destructive it's going to be on your appliances, on your skin, things like that. So when I think of uh, like evaporation, I think of like it needing to be exposed to the air um, when it's running through the plumbing and wreaking havoc on seals and uh, appliances and things. Mm -hmm. Is it is there I don't know when you think of when I think of like hard water, I I'm thinking that there's something like. Almost like if there was like sand in the water, like it, yeah. I know it's at a molecular level, yes. but like, are those little particles hard and, and over time they're actually, uh, beating things up. They are over time. They just build up more and more and more. They adhere to anything that's like a metallic fixture, your plastic fixtures. We don't see it building up quite as much, but the number one place that a lot of people will notice it is in the dishwater dishwasher. Gotcha. In your dishwasher, when you're heating the water up and it turns into that steam and then you bake it pretty much when you're drying your dishes, one load of hard water with hard dishes, di oh my gosh, one load of dishes with hard water, everything just turns white. Gotcha. So, so that's what is actually leaving those spots is that, that heating of the water and the steam and it kind mm -hmm. of, um, condensates on condensates the, on the and dishes. And it just dries up and just turns to chalk. What the, the additive that you put into the dishwasher. Yes. Uh, what, what's happening that that's actually removing the spots. So a lot of those additives, they're kind of like, um, uh, it's like a polyphosphate. They're, they're not in as many of your chemicals as they used to be, but polyphosphates is one of those chemicals that you can put into water to where it kind of creates what I would say an imaginary barrier mm. to where things can't adhere to things. So the minerals aren't removed. It just makes it to where it can adhere. That makes sense. So it kind of like encapsulates them and makes them so that they slide off of Pretty much. stuff instead of adhering exactly. to it. That makes sense. Um, so is there some kind of uh, scale that we use to figure out how severe the water is? Because you talked about the measurement of it and different areas in the region having different hardnesses. Yes. How do we know how bad the hardness is? Like, you know, from one to two and two mm -hmm. to six, like stuff like that. How do we tell? Um, so as far as water hardness is concerned, there is, it's funny because there's two different scales that I use. There's the national scale and then there's Utah scale. Really? Um, so national, if you look at water, anything that's below um, 1.5 grains per gallon is classified as meaty, is pretty much soft. If you okay. can get it below 1.5. Um, soft water, if you're getting to where you're more moderate, then you're upwards around three gallons, three grains per gallon. Hard water, national average is between three to seven. 
Anything above 10 is classified as aggressive or destructive hard water. Um, if you go by Utah standards, the lowest I've tested it in Utah is about eight, nine grains. Mm. That's the lowest I've tested it. And I've tested it as high on a city water line at 62. Wow. So Utah water is just kind of in its own realm when it comes to water hardness. It's just crazy hard hmm. in Utah. So you talked about uh, like zero to 1.5. So is soft water, is that like the, uh, like the neutral point? Or because like it's like, oh, it's soft or all of a sudden it goes into hard. Does that, does that make sense what I'm what I'm talking about is almost like with uh, with pH, you know, it's like it's either acidic or it's base. And okay. there's that like that central point where it's neutral. Does hard water and soft water have that balance? Well, there's not really a negative factor when it comes to soft water. Gotcha. So it's either we're all the way soft at zero mm -hmm. or we're we've got the mineral content where it starts to get added in. Gotcha. So there's not really like a negative one or a negative two. It's all the way zero. And then once we get to zero, that's as good as we can get. So when you're softening water, is your goal to try and get it to zero or get it to that one and a half to zero? Um, with the systems we use, we try to, our goal is to get it all the way to zero. Really? Mm -hmm. So what, what is uh, soft water? So soft water is pretty much water devoid of mineral contact. Um, hard water is pretty much water with minerals, mainly your calcium, your magnesium. Those are the two main minerals that we're um, working with the most. Um, so when we're talking about softening the water, it's getting those chemicals and removing them and replacing them mm -hmm. so that they're no longer in the water. So you're removing the chemicals and replacing them or the minerals and replacing mm -hmm. them. What are you replacing them with? Um, sodium. Sodium. So that's where the, um, all your water softeners that they have, how they have the, um, the, either the pellet salt or the rock heart rock salt that's mm -hmm. in the separate containers or that you have an all in one unit. Sometimes it's all in one. Um, but the salt is what we're using and that's what's actually cleaning the system out. Gotcha. And getting it to where it's soft. So if it's, if, if hard water, like I get the, it can cause like skin irritations or, uh, you know, exaggerate them if you've got like eczema and things like that yes. and, uh, damage to plumbing fixtures. But like, wh what are, are there other benefits? Like wh what are the benefits of having soft water? Um, we usually break it down into three categories. Um, one of them's plumbing savings. The other one's going to be, um, savings on plumbing as far as, sorry. That sounds an awful lot. Plumbing, like plumbing saving, savings. Yeah. Sorry. Soaps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> savings on soaps and detergents. Thought we were getting tricky there. <laughs> well, we've got plumbing savings and then we've got savings on plumbing. There you go. <laughs> um, and then the third one's going to be more of your, um, aesthetics like your skin and irritations that you can be caused from mineral content. Well, let's talk about each of those. Like okay. what is like, what are you considering plumbing savings? So everything in your home that water touches, um, faucets, fixtures, toilets, dishwashers, any of your appliances, piping, the joints in your piping, um, angle stops, pretty much anything that the water touches. Um, so it's quite literally saving those, those pieces and those things that it's Correct. touching. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got the you. way that it works is, um, with soft water, not having those mineral contents in there, those, especially with faucets and fixtures where you've got a movement that you're mm -hmm. moving every single day yep. with hard water, it's just going to start to a lot of your plastics and your uh, rubber seals that are on the inside of there will start to tear at them. Um, 
it all it it's almost like having sandpaper in those i was gonna say it's what it sounds like because as you see those those white particles and stuff as you're moving those if those are getting down into mm -hmm. those joints and things you are you're just kind of wearing yep. away at those seals and things yeah. so what we find is with with water heaters um and any like faucets and fixtures we're finding that with a water softener you're getting at least 40 sometimes upwards to 60 percent longer lifespan on those appliances really? with a water softener that's pretty good especially when you think of a a, a water heater and how expensive that is oh, yeah. to replace getting more life out of mm -hmm. it that's that's a good thing yep um okay so then you talked about another category was uh soap savings or savings on soap yes now my wife i, I remember when we got our first softener okay this was back before any hour was doing plumbing mm -hmm. uh and and i remember the the guy coming in and trying to explain that like soap was more efficient you'll be able to use less soap yes and having never grown up in a home with a water softener i didn't care how much soap i was using <laughs> like it just did not make any sense to me why yeah. someone would care about that but i do have to say like after we got it, i was like holy cow i'm using so much less soap oh yeah <laughs> so to talk to me about uh the soap savings and and why it happens and how it happens so as far when you think about soap a lot of your soaps that you have um, you're chemically treating the water with soap. That's what the soap is doing. Mm -hmm. So you're cleaning, but you're also chemically treating. So a lot of, about half of what soap does is it actually naturally gets the water to a state that it can actually clean. Whereas with a water softener, we're doing that process already. Once we get it to where the minerals aren't there to inhibit the product clean, that's when the soap actually starts to do its work. Gotcha. Um, so if we're making it to where the water's already soft, we're completing half of the process that the soap completes. Hence, you can get your soaps, cut them all usually in half, upwards to 75% on some. Wow. So, um, yeah, so like, I mean, when we think of like soap and doing its job, I think of like the amount of suds, yes. that the, you know, bubbles that the, that the soap makes. Uh -huh. I, I never, I don't know that I've ever really thought about soap as, um, like having to condition the water to be able to clean. But I guess if you think about all of your other cleaning products that have chemicals in them, whether yeah. it's glass cleaner or something else, you're taking and mixing something with water to do the job. And Correct. soap is just a solid form of that. And so mm -hmm. taking and dissolving the soap is like making those cleaning products right there. Correct. Sometimes we have conversations on the show and, and things just dawn on me. I never, <laughs> never really thought of it that way. So that's uh that's interesting. Um, okay. So, and, and yes, I definitely noticed that when we, when we got our uh, softener using less uh, detergent in the dishwasher, less detergent in the washing machine. Like when I was showering, like you don't realize how much um, like how much of your day is just, habitual and you're like going through the motions mm -hmm. all the way down to how much shampoo you put in your hand to like oh, yeah. put in your hair. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember it, it took me a little while to, to change that habit of like, you, oh, you're yeah. used to putting a certain amount of soap in your hand mm -hmm. to like wash your hair and like you, you want like suds to form. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like I couldn't like rinse, I had to ri extra rinse my hair cause yeah. there were so many suds <laughs> up there. Anyway. Well what we find is the one that's easiest for people to kind of get to where they can understand it is in the laundry uh -huh. where you're starting to eat a lot of uh, the laundry detergents are turning into where they have those pods. Yes. So if you look at the actual directions on the side of the tide boxes for a large load of laundry, you needed to use three pots. Really? With hard water. Mm. With soft water, just one. 
So with those pods, are they a little bit like uh, the dishwasher where they're including one of the little capsules is to condition the water or same type of a thing? Yeah. Gotcha. So a lot of your, when you're doing with a, a dishwasher, the tablets sometimes are kind of messy to cut. Yep. So a lot of times we'll just keep using a full pod. Right. When, when you're doing the dishwasher, but you don't need to. You can actually get those and cut them in half, too, if you really want. Interesting. Uh, okay, so we've got the, the savings on the, the actual plumbing fixtures, extending the life of those things, the the extending or decreasing the amount of soap and detergents you have to use. Yes. And then you talked about uh, health and beauty benefits. Yes. So um, if you have longer hair, male, female, whatever, um, if you've got longer hair, you're going to notice that your hair is going to be a lot lighter. A lot more fluffy. It's not going to be, be so heavy. Um, my wife, when we first got married, um, she'd never had a water softener before in her life. She hated it for about the first two, three weeks. How come? Because her hair just didn't work the same. My wife has naturally curly hair. So it was just, she's like, my hair is so big. It's so fluffy. I can't do this. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then about two or three weeks later, um, after she got used to it, we ran out of salt. And she's like, dude, this I can't do this. And it, it completely flipped. Um, once you've had soft water, a lot of salons and things like that, they, they treat their water so that they can one, use less soap and two, so that your hair doesn't feel as heavy and get weighted, weighted, uh, weighted down. Gotcha. Um, the more product you have to use in your hair, heavier it's going to be. This makes it to where you can use a little bit less product. Gotcha. The, um, as far as your skin's concerned, when you're dealing with, um, eczema, um, dry skin irritations and things like that, a lot of that has to do with your pores being blocked. So kind of go back to what we talked about with the dishwasher. When you pull the dishes out with hard water, how they're all white. When you take a shower, think of those plates, silverware that you're pulling out of the dishwasher. Think of your skin in that same aspect. Mm. When you take a shower, you're getting out, you're drying off you're still got hard water deposits that are still plug clogging the hair, um, the pores on your skin. So, so showering with hard water is like having an exoskeleton kind of, it's a protective, it makes you a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, no, that, that makes sense that like you, you've got something there and your skin can't really breathe and and do what it's uh, supposed to do irritates it. Yep. So, a lot of people, the number one complaint that we usually hear from people is, man, my, everything is slippery. I can't get the soap off of me. I feel like I'm covered in slime when I'm in the shower and blah, 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 all those different things. That's the number one thing that we usually hear from people. Um, that feeling that you get, it's actually a good thing. When you're doing, dealing with soft water and the, um, your skin follicles, all your pores, if they're all clear, that means your skin can breathe. Hence the oils and the natural moisturizer that your skin produces completely coat your skin. Hence, that's where you get that slippery feel. It's actually the natural oils from your skin coating your body. It's not the soap. Huh? Um, soap makes it to where it's more intense, but that's actually those natural oils not getting stripped away from hard water. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I remember the, the guy that came out and uh, sold us our water softener. That was one of his, uh, his things. He's like, women love it because when they're showering, they have naturally smooth, like their yeah. skin feels all smooth mm-hmm. and stuff. And one of the things that guys hate is when they're showering, their skin's all smooth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it's, it's an interesting feeling, but like you said, like once you have a softener, like my wife tells me when we're out of salt oh, just yeah. from the way mm-hmm. that the water feels for her. 
Oh yeah, no, I'm. I mean, we've owned our own business for years and years and years, and my wife's still the one that she's the determining factor. She can tell me faster. I, I do have a question about salt, and it feels like there are some different opinions. But you, yes. you, you mentioned there's like there's the pellets where they're like pressed and formed into mm -hmm. shape, and then there's the more it looks like it was just broken up like out of the ground or yeah, whatever rock salt. Rock salt. Uh, is there is is there a benefit of one over the other? The, when I'm looking at salt, I'm looking at purity. Okay. So the cleaner the salt, the better it's going to act. Um, there's a lot of different brands out there. Um, and if you, if they have the purity listed on them, usually they'll say like 99 point something percent pure with additives. Most of your pellet salt's going to have additives in it. Whereas your rock salts usually won't have the additives to help to influence or to clean the resin. So when you say purity, you're not talking about like dirt. You're, you're talking, you are talking about I am dirt. talking about dirt. Okay. Yeah. There is a couple of, uh, Western family was one of the brands that we used to find that they had a pretty high sediment content in it. I don't see it around very much anymore. Um, but I usually tell people if the percentage is listed, you want something that's usually 99.9, 99.8% pure salt. Gotcha. And you're saying the pellets that are pressed and formed that they have additives to cause that pressing and forming or um, what? No, it's more just a, a chemical that they add to the salt to help to enhance the cleaning gotcha. of the resin. So different companies have different names, uh, resin guard or whatever that they'll put into them. Is it common to, uh, is it more common to have the purity listed on the bag of salt or less common? We're seeing it less and less. Really? Honestly. Because they're like trying to hide it from us? I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's more just as they add more chemical to them, their purity naturally will drop down. So mm. it becomes to where it's not quite a bit, as much of a benefit for them to list it. Is it safe to say that when you are, cause I mean, salt is not the cheapest thing in the world. Yeah. Right? And so when you are shopping for salt, is it a safe bet that if it costs more, it's probably more pure or no, no, no. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, you've got your brands out there that are five, seven, eight bucks a bag. And then you've got your brands out there that are 350 to 450 a bag, right? Most of the time they're going to work just the same. It's just, mm -hmm. you're buying name brand versus generic. Gotcha. Okay. So that, and then the last, the, that was a self-indulgent question. I've heard oh, so many different things <laughs> over the years. And my, my last self-indulgent question is, um, the smell that is when you open the brine tank, <laughs> yes. like that when my softener went out and I got a new one, all of a sudden there was this, uh, there was this thing in the top of the brine tank where there was like a, a chemical or a green liquid or something yeah. that was, that was put in, it's got a little wick and it just kind of yep. drips down in. Mm -hmm. So it, tell me what's going on there. So that is going to be a, um, the most common one. There's a few different companies around that will do different ones. One we call it uh, res up, um, the res up chemical that literally goes in and it just adds a layer to the cleaning process. Um, when a water softener is in operation, usually you lose one to 3% of the efficiency per year that it's in operation. Really? So using those types of cleaners, whether it's a ResUp or a Pure Guard, I think is another name that's out there from a different company. Um, but the chemicals that they use are there to help to get that one to 3% efficiency that you're losing every year and retain it so it doesn't get lost. So that is something to help maintain the, 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 the softener. Yep. So is that just helping to like, is it almost like a, a fuel additive, like where it goes in and cleans the piston? Like, is that stuff getting in and cleaning 
the working mechanisms in the head or a little bit it's more geared towards the resin so if you look at resin um it looks like ball bearings yes if you look at it under really really good magnification it actually start to look like a golf ball oh. has a bunch of little indents on the outside of it if you really really hone it in and really dive into that magnification it will look almost like a ball of spaghetti huh um, hence there's connection points all over the resin beads and some of them just get caught in those little nooks and crannies and you just can't quite get them cleaned out. So adding in those chemicals gets into those little teeny crevices that the salt can't get into to get those connection points and keep them clean. So where you lose the efficiency is the resin beads the resin become beads. less effective. Correct. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I see silly me. I thought that it was there to try and help the, the tank smell better <laughs> It's got, a, it's got a pleasant smell it, to it. It definitely does enhance the smell. I mean, salt water does not smell the most awesome. So I, I guess then uh, staying on self-indulgence here, but like uh, how fast should I be going through that, uh, that chemical? Because sometimes it feels like it's dripping in faster, but I swear I haven't put any in in a while. Okay. And when I took it, when I lift the lid open, there's still stuff there. Yeah. And I don't know... Most of the wicking systems that are out there, so the res-up ones that we use, if I'm correct, it's 0.4 ounces a day is what will go through that and drip into the salt container. So your containers are usually in a, either in a gallon container or in a pint. It's, um, it's, it's a smaller one that yeah. mounts so those on the hold, inside of the... Sorry, not pint, a quart. Gotcha. Um, so they hold about 1.5 quarts okay. in those containers that are on the inside of the salt tank. So three months on the low side oh it's definitely five-ish months on the high so side. do the wicking things like stop working if the wick dries out sometimes it will stop to stop pulling hmm. um so, so just take that re-soak the wick re-soak the wick and usually okay. it'll start to work again gotcha all right back or to if the, the show. wick's broken off or whatever <laughs> all right okay that see i i didn't realize i, th I thought it was just a i thought it was a deodorant yeah. i didn't realize that there was a maintenance function oh, yeah. like a use <laughs> that's so awesome Good to know. Well, well, I accept that. I guess mine hasn't been helping the <laughs> clean the beads. Um, okay, so I think a lot of people out there know, um, in general, that like you you add salt into this tank and you end up with soft water. But yes, can you can you explain a little bit more in detail? You talked about the resin beads and like the the shape and the texture of them, but can you yep. talk more specifically about how uh, a softener actually works? Definitely. So a water softener, its main purpose is to remove mineral, kind of like what we were saying before. All of your minerals, mainly the magnesium, calcium, those are the ones that we're really, really keying in on because that's the ones that are most prevalent in all the water that's out there. Um, they're all going to be a negatively charged ion. Your sodium is a positively charged ion. So the resin beads, um, pretty much they just go back and forth. When a resin bead is completely clean, it's coated with sodium ions, which is a positively charged ion. Okay. As the water passes through it, the negatively charged ions will attach themselves to the resin beads. Positively charged sodium ion will go off in the water to keep it balanced. Um, over a period of time, when those resin beads get completely coated with the minerals, um, that's when we do what's called a regeneration or a cleaning process. So if you have a water softener and you're hearing water going down the drain every once in a while, that's when it's doing it's what we call a regeneration or it's cleaning process. During that cleaning process, that's when the salt's used. It's not going to be a continual draw to where it's continually feeding salt into the, into the water. 
Um, so when it does its cleaning process, it's getting a, a concentrated sodium solution, putting it back through those resin beads, pulling the minerals back off and flushing them down the drain. Now, when you look at sodium, it's, it's not just sodium, it's sodium chloride. So your sodium chloride is what's going through to clean the resin beads. Chloride's gonna be the bonding agent that's gonna attach the minerals to it. So the chlorides and the sodium, and the sodium, oh my gosh, the chlorides and the minerals go down the drain, sodium reattaches gotcha. to the resin beads. Um, so that's what the regeneration process is doing. So is there, how does it tell when it's time to regenerate? Is it like measuring like how the, the water quality that it's outputting and it's like, oh, well, our beads aren't doing its job. I need to regenerate. Or is it more just like, oh, we think it's going to do this. Or is it the amount of gallons that it's pumping through it? It's going to be based on gallons. So if you go like back in the, oh, back when my uncle started doing this back in the 60s, um, the main source of water softeners, they were called timers, to where you would guesstimate how often you thought that system was going to need to regenerate. So you'd put in a water softener and you'd say, okay, there's five people in the home and it's a 32,000 grain water softener. I'm guessing we're going to be able to make it four days. So you just set it to every four days. It's just going to go through a cycle. As time's gone on, we've gotten to where now we can set them on a metered basis. Mm. So with the systems that we use, they calculate, we tell it how big the system is, how hard the water is. And then um, from those two figures, it'll calculate based upon your water usage how often it needs to regenerate. So as long as the water softener knows how hard the water is, and as long as the water softener knows what size it is, with all the settings we put in there, it will just regenerate as little as it can to do the job efficiently. Does it, um, are those settings things that like once you set it, you're like good forever? Or do you need, like if you experience a power outage, are you supposed to go back and reset those? Like what's on the systems that we use now, there's, you don't have to reset anything um, except for your time of day. Got it. The time of day is on a battery backup. So it will last quite a while. Um, but all of your other settings are on a non-volatile backup memory. So your power can be out for five years and it will hold all your fixed settings. So capacity, hardness, sizing, rinsing times, all that type of stuff. Regeneration times. We've got all those things in there to where they, it, they'll never go away, which is kind of nice. So are they like hard programmed in like yeah. dip switches and stuff? Or? Um, no, it's not. It's, we have a, it's a circuit board sequence that we get in and we just put those in when we, when we build them. Gotcha. And then the only thing that's left for the techs when they're out in the field is to test the water and then to tell it how hard the water is. And then from there, they're good. Gotcha. So is it pretty, see, I, I didn't know that, uh, there was a battery that needed to be changed yes. in, in this thing. So there's a battery that, uh, like, will you notice that the clock stops working and nope. you know that it's no. Mm -mm. So you just got to like, it just keeps going and going. I've only had to replace one battery on the systems that we've used. Um, gotcha. So you don't, it's not a yeah, thing it's like, not a, like when you change the smoke detector batteries, nope, okay. nope, it's something that's not on a scheduled you need to do it. It's just there as a backup. But if I've had one for 10 years and never knew there was a battery, is there? You're probably just fine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Cause no clue. I just, uh, I just assumed that like when it was uh, plugged into the power that that was like supply yeah. and everything. No, nope, but it's just a secondary type of a uh, safety. So are there, are there people out there that are there any like health concerns around soft water? Meaning like, uh, I mean, you're using a lot of salt 
I don't know, people with like high cholesterol. Is there are there any like people out there that are like you shouldn't use soft water because you're gonna get I don't know, whatever? There's some people that do have medical issues that will kind of restrict to where their sodium content is on a really, really, really tight leash. Um, so hypertension, um, high blood pressure, things like that, those types of things sodium is going to interact with and it may cause issues. That being said, the amount of sodium that's in softened water is actually pretty, pretty minuscule. Mm. It's a very, very, very small amount. Um, the number one question that I ask people if they're concerned about that is I'll always ask them, Hey, do you, if they say I cannot have any extra sodium, my first question I've asked, I ask them is, do you drink milk? And if they say, well, of course I do or whatever milk generally will have about eight to 10 times the amount of sodium in it that softened water will. Gotcha. So if you're okay drinking milk, you're going to be okay drinking softened water. Gotcha. So if you are so sensitive to sodium, Mm -hmm. From a medical standpoint, you should already know that. Exactly. And, like you'll know that the, that that's not something you mm -hmm. should have. And with softeners, I mean, it's it's more of an expensive alternative, but you can actually use potassium chloride versus sodium chloride. And then instead of putting sodium back in the water, you put potassium back in the water. It mm. works the exact same way. So you just um, put a bunch of bananas in the brine tank or? Oh, no. It's it's actually just looks like salt. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's you're going to go from four or five bucks a bag to generally about 30 bucks a bag. Wow. And it uses it at the same rate. But pretty much any softener out there on the market can use either one of those types of byproducts to do their regeneration. So potassium or sodium, those are the only ways to soften the water. Yeah, that's the only way to do it on a, on a residential basis, yeah. So... So it sounds like for the bulk of humanity, like there's no concerns health wise with the soft water. No. Okay. Not really. I mean, there might be those few little things that are out there that we may hit, but they're very, very, very few and far between if they're even out there. Um, I've heard people complain about the change in taste. Yes. Is, is, does, is that a common thing or is that just weird at their house? It's pretty common. I mean, um, anytime you do the, um, anytime you chemically treat the water or change the water chemistry, it's going to change the taste of the water from soft water to hard water, to using a carbon filter with soft water to reverse osmosis water versus soft water. All those things are going to have a difference as far as what the taste of the water is going to be. Well, cause you're removing things from the yep. water, right? Yeah. And we're so. changing the water chemistry. Hence it's going to change the taste. Gotcha. Um, why do I don't actually, I guess I should ask. I don't know if this is like common practice, but I was told that it was that they to the kitchen faucet, they will not soften the cold side. Correct. Okay. A lot of if you if you're building a home and you say, I want my house looped for a water softener or plumbed for a water softener. Typically, they're going to include everything in the home with the exception of the refrigerator, kitchen sink cold and your outside hose connections. Hmm. Everything else will be connected to the water softener, hot and cold. Gotcha. Is there a reason for that? Taste. It's mainly just because people don't like the taste of the softened water. Gotcha. I have caught, like, I've, I've had my water softener, like, for whatever reason, not finish a regeneration cycle. Yes. And it was, like, early in the morning. I'm getting ready. 
and I know what it looks like now, but like I've gotten a mouthful of salt water when <laughs> when I go to like brush my teeth or oh, yeah. something. And I'm like, oh, that's the first. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, I, I missed a bulletin from the city or something. It'll get kind of foamy and really right. salty if it's if there's sodium content in the water. So I've heard uh, of systems claiming to soften the water without salt. Yeah. Like I, I remember like driving around and like that was their big selling point. Don't tote the salt bags down. Like we can soften your water. I don't know. I think the yeah. one may have been with citrus, citric acid. Uh -huh. I, I have no idea. Do they work? So this is where we get into a touchy topic Uh oh. because um, there are people who are very, very diehard salt only. Okay. And there are very, a lot of people that are very, very diehard salt free only. Okay. Um, if you go to WQA and look at their website and look at the definition of what soft water is per WQA standards, it's, it's water that is, that has no mineral content in it. The only way we're getting there was with some type of a replacement of ions. Um, when you start looking at a lot of these salt-free systems, you've mentioned one that's a citric acid. It's a citric acid and a polyphosphate blend, and they work off of, I think they call it chelation, um, to where it suspends the minerals so they don't adhere or connect or build up on fixtures and so on and so forth. There's electromagnetic currents to where it gets all the ions and it rotates them to where they're all facing the same direction. Um, if you get a water softener and you test the water before it's treated, it's going to test hard. If you get a water softener and you test it after it's treated, it'll come out soft on our test. Any of the other mentioned, um, any of the other methods that I mentioned, whether it's an electromagnetic current, the citric acid base, um, there's another one that's called an SP3 or a scale stop media where it gets the water and puts it into nanocrystals. Those three methods, which are the most prevalent, you test the water before it will test hard. You test the water after it's going to test hard. I see the minerals are not going away. They're still there. So is it kind of like, uh, the, the jet dry that you're adding in the dishwasher where kind of. it wraps around the thing and, and minimizes mm -hmm. its ability to stick to yeah. stuff. So a lot of, you're getting a lot of companies that will market those as a salt-free water, con water softener. And the wording on it, they've actually been chastised. Yeah rebuked they're supposed fined <laughs> not necessarily fine there's been a few companies that have lost their wqa certification because they haven't changed their marketing uh you keep using w what is wqa you say if you go uh, to the wqa water website, water quality association is so that a national thing a governmental is. thing it's or? a it's a national thing to where i mean you get a lot of us water geeks and we'll go to these what we call them wqa conventions and gotcha. stuff like that but it's not a federally regulated thing it's more of a it's a trade association it's a trade association type of a thing yeah. got it okay to where people get around and they talk about things and they make guidelines of what systems are supposed to do and they create certifications on systems um so water softeners are certified to remove x y and z things from the water got it so a lot of these systems that are are the salt-free systems they're actually supposed to be designated as water conditioners gotcha because they will condition the water but they will not soften the water so when they condition the water mm -hmm. and it, that whatever method they're using, yes. uh, you know, wraps around these, uh, mineral molecules or whatever, uh -huh. are you getting the benefits of a softener? No, not so as much. Still you may get some, but you're not going to get the full benefits as what you get with a water softener. So you don't get the soap efficiency, the plumbing savings and the like health benefits, not to the same extreme, not to the, extreme. you will see some 
but you won't see it to the same extreme. Gotcha. Um, whereas with plumbing fixtures, you may be able to see upwards to 70% savings. You may see around 30. Do they, do they make different tests to measure their effectiveness? Cause I, it'll probably be another episode or whatever, but I know you can, you can do, you can run tests to test the hardness. And yes. you mentioned that if you're using these salt-free methods that it's going to test hard before and it's going to uh -huh. test hard after. So is there a different kind of test that measures whatever it's doing? So a lot of the, you'll find a lot of these systems to where they'll have the, I call them a descaling system or a conditioner, um, but the descaling systems, they'll be coupled with something else. So like a chlorine removal system, like carbon. So some, t a lot of times I've seen people where they'll put these in and they'll test the chlorine levels before and after. And if the chlorine levels are showing zero, then they're like, yeah, our product's working great. Hmm. So they're testing more on a chemical basis than on a removal of mineral basis. Gotcha. So there are some tests that you can do, but, um, I mean, there was a guy I was actually listening to a show yesterday and, um, he flat out on his, uh, on a thing that he had on YouTube. He said, if anybody can find a water softener, a salt-free water system that will test soft after as well as before, give me a call, show me the results. I'll write you a check for your system. He said, it can't be done. Um, so, I mean, there's, like I said, there's people that are emphatic on it and there's a lot of people that will go out there and they will I don't want to say manipulate, but change the phrasing of the they'll way dance around are. it. Yeah. Um, to where they'll sell it as a item and they're technically selling it correct, but it's maybe not doing the full purpose of what the customer may be intending. Gotcha. Look, water conditioning is a good thing. It is. But like, yeah, just be careful that you are not being fooled into getting something that you're not. Oh yeah. Because it can't yeah, do Definitely do your homework. Make sure you understand what you're getting into. Um, I mean, knowledge will get you hopefully to the best resolution that you're looking for when it comes to treating your water. I mean, it's your house, it's your choice is what I always tell people. Um, so how you want to treat your water is something that you should be dealing with every day. Gotcha. Well, uh, I know that was a ton of information about water softeners. If you're, if you're listening and if you've made it this far, thank you <laughs> so much. Uh, if you have questions about water softeners, leave me a comment below or email me at Mike. Dot Wilson at anyhourservices.com. Uh, Jeff, if we have a lot of questions come in about water softeners, uh, would you be willing to come in and do another episode oh, where we just answer questions? Absolutely. Okay. You heard him, folks. So send me some questions so that we can get this man and the information that's in his head <laughs> uh, on record. But uh, do me a favor. Let me know down in the comments if you've ever experienced uh, like or what your experience is with hard water. Uh, do you have a softener? Do you not? Do you care? I don't know. You let me know. Jeff, thanks so much for sharing your knowledge with us about water softeners. I appreciate you coming in. I know we're going to have you back uh, on some episodes in the future. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Well, but thank you. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and watching the show. Appreciate your time. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of In the House. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. Oh.